Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. My message this morning is, I am worn out. (laughs) I thought about this about Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, And after all of us have spent all week, or the 30, how many volunteers? 34 or something like that? 34 volunteers spent the week here. And and, uh, I thought, you know, this might be a good message. And this morning as, as we were kind of fellowshipping before church and, and uh, back in the kitchen a bunch of us were talking about going to sleep in church and uh, I said don't go to sleep during my sermon whatever you do you can sleep during the song service you can sleep afterwards you can go home and take a nap uh, and, and I hated to say it but you can sleep during Sunday school if your teacher would allow it <laughs> brought me to a story about a preacher who had one of his deacons always fell asleep during his service and, and during his message. And, and uh, every Sunday morning, just as a pastor would begin to speak, the deacon, he would sit there about where Brother Lee is. And it's very distracting when you see somebody and they go, you think, well, maybe they're praying. But when they start to go, you know they're not. So the pastor goes and, and calls the deacon off to the side, and he says, Brother Deacon, he said, you're really going to have to try to stay awake. He said, you are one of the leaders of the church. People look up to you, and there you are every Sunday morning sound asleep. And the deacon said, Pastor, I'll try a little better next, next Sunday. So next Sunday comes along, the preacher, he gets up and opens his Bible and begins to tell about what the message is, you know, maybe it's I'm worn out or whatever the message is. And he starts to uh, get into his message a little bit, and there's old Brother Deacon dropping his head. <clears throat> Finally said, I'm going to have to do something about this. He said, it's really looking bad. So <clears throat> as the old Brother Deacon was quiet, uh, sleeping, and uh, the pastor, he gets down and walks very quietly walks up to the deacon and he says very quietly not to wake up the deacon he said everybody wants to go to heaven raise your hand everybody wants to go to heaven raise your hand raise your hand if you want to go to heaven yeah now he said put your hand down and then he he stepped back and he said everybody wants to go to hell stand up and old brother deacon he he jumps up and he looks around he's supposed to be standing up and nobody else in the congregation standing up And he looks at the preacher and he says, Preacher, I don't know what we vote, just voted on, but it looks like me and you are the only ones for it. <laughs> so don't go to sleep during my sermon, whatever you do. <laughs> I would hate to do that to you because I'm, I'm not voting to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> uh, following this week, I realized that some of the kids were unruly. 
Some got mouthy. Some very disrespectful. And some it was just really hard to tolerate once in a while. Right, teachers? I want to tell you, just and since Brother Mike Hall's not here, he won the award. <laughs> Him and Katie won the award for the most uh, patient teachers in the entire Bible school class. But anyway, you know, it was not necessarily our job to correct these children because that actually should have started home, and I know some don't. But what was our job this week was to show love to these children. Even if they were mouthy, even if they were disrespectful. Us as the adults, it was our job. And sometimes it was a tough job. But to show them that we love them and that Jesus loves them. But we all (laughs) really got tired. And I didn't come yesterday to help clean up, but Kay did, and, and uh, uh, she didn't beat me home by much. I had to help Alyssa move to her new apartment and all that stuff, and, and uh, I got out of helping vacuum. And by the way, keep Abby, our janitor, in prayer. She's been sick and in the hospital, and uh, keep Abby uh, in your prayers. But everybody cleaned up, and didn't the church look nice this morning? It looks like VBS never happened. Did anybody notice anything different out front? Yeah, the welcome table is gone. Oh, my goodness. We moved it. (laughs) Isn't that awful? No, that's great. Now you can come in and say, I wonder where it's going to be next week. (laughs) Something to look forward to. (laughs) But we sowed seeds last week. Believe it or not, even when a kid is disrespectful, doesn't seem like he listens, doesn't seem like he cares, Every night, Rick would ask the questions out in the, out in the rec, recreation area. And at least one of the kids can answer the questions. Someone was listening. And they may not seem like it, but some of them were. So there were seeds sown. The word of God was spread. And that's what we were to do. That was our job. And as I was thinking about this, we're all tired. We're all worn out. But we should be excited For this one little girl who sat here this morning. There she is. She moved on me. We should be excited. The night I talked to her and introduced her to Jesus. That very night after after, uh, at the closing. She come up here and she said. I am a Christian. Amen. What's better than that? There is nothing Better than that. But still, we need rest. Amen? If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2. And if you don't know where Genesis is, turn your book over to the very front and just turn a few pages. It's in the very front. Rest. The word rest or rested is in the New King James Version 363 times. You like that, don't you? Now, the, the word work or labor is in there 511 times. So we're supposed to work a little more than we rest. 
Amen? <laughs> I, I love these things. And you all think, did Ray go through there and count every one of them? No, I got a computer program that tells me that. But I, I like, I like the, the, the fact that, that we are to rest, but we are to work. In Genesis chapter 2, God worked more than anything else in the entire history of the universe in six days. He done more in six days than all of us combined will do in a lifetime. Now, some people say, you know, well, the Bible says a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, so it was probably a thousand years. I don't believe that. When my Bible says, in the first day, he created. In the second day, he created. I believe he created those in a day. Amen? I believe that my God is great enough to create whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and why he wants. And he can do it all by himself. He really doesn't need Ray to help him. And I believe in six days, everything in the first chapter of Genesis happened. But I also want you to realize on the seventh day, he said, I'm tired. Look what all I've done. And none of us have accomplished nearly what God has done, had done in, in six days. None of us had accomplished that. But God designed for us to rest because when he created man, he also wanted him to rest. And he said in, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. Now, I know that some of you is going to say, well, you know, the seventh day is Saturday. You know, and, and God created and made the Sabbath day. Uh, for us to rest on. And if you, if you study the Old Testament very much and, and, and begin to look in, even into the Gospels, <coughs> there's a lot of talk about what you can't do on the, on the Sabbath day. You know, you can't walk very as far on, on the Sabbath day as you could any other day. There's a Sabbath day journey. And there's certain things that you couldn't do. And, and uh, Jesus got into a lot of trouble with the, the scribes and Pharisees for doing things on the Sabbath day that they didn't like. But aren't you glad that Jesus came out of the tomb that Sunday morning? And we basically we moved our Sabbath to Sunday because it's the Lord's day. And we worship him. On the Lord's day. We need to set aside that day. For the Lord. We need to set aside that day. And besides that. He created Sundays. So that we could all take a nap on Sunday afternoon. So that we could rest. (laughs) So if God gets tired. And I'm going to read some verses. Here in just a little bit. And you're going to say. Well that counterdicts counterdicts exactly what you said. But I want you to realize. How much work God done. In those first six days. 
He created the heavens. He created the earth. He created the water. He created, uh, <coughs> uh, he created made day and night and, and separated the land from the water and uh, put the vegetation and created all the animals and created all the fish. And all that was done in, in the six days. So he was, he, was, he was tired. He had been in VBS all week. <laughs> it's important that we get rest. Once in a while, we get spiritually worn out. Now, you say, preacher, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> but as Brother Lee and Brother Gary can attest to it, once in a while, we, our spiritual batteries get low. And we have to wait on God to recharge those. And I went out to start my little tractor yesterday that I keep in the shed and, and I hit the key and it goes and I thought well the battery's dead and you know what I found out that I had to get an outside source to come in and charge that battery because that tractor couldn't do it by itself until it started and when we get spiritually tired and our batteries run down, we have to reach out to another source to, bring, to energize us so that we can go back to work. And if you have your Bibles and, and uh, find a book of Isaiah chapter 40, and I love this scripture, and, and uh, there's a plaque on our living room wall that has this scripture on it. And I read it a lot more than, <laughs> than what I realize and I rely on it a lot more than I realize. Because without that outside source of power, my battery runs down. And I get tired. Chapter 40, verse 28 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. Say, well, preacher, you just said that God was tired. Well, we stop and think about what all he done. And <coughs> believe it or not, taking care of us is not nearly as difficult as the things that he created in that one week. And we need to rely on him. And we always, whenever we're weary... Whenever we're tired, we can get a jump start off of God. Now, it says, He gives power to the weak. We're all weak after a week of VBS. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth. Every time I do that, I think of that, that, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that movie, The Youths. Yeah. The youth shall faint and be weary. It's not just us old folks that get tired. <laughs> and the young man shall utterly fall. Now, this is the verse I really love. And those who wait on the Lord. Have you ever waited on him? How many of you like to wait? How many of you like to go to the doctor's office and, 
Kay went to the doctor's office last week, and she sent me a text about 30 minutes after her appointment. She said, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Y'all are waiting for the preacher to get done so you can go eat. <laughs> we don't like to wait. We want things now. We want things instantly. But sometimes we have to wait on God to move. Sometimes the greatest things happen to those who wait. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And we all need to renew our strength this week. We all need that jump from God's power. He said, To those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You see, being a Christian is not just coming to church on Sunday morning. It's not volunteering for VBS for one week out of the year. Christianity and being a Christian has to become a lifestyle. It has to become what we are, not who we want to be, but what we are. And and to do that, we have to let Jesus work through us. Because Christians means to be Christ-like. And we need to stop once in a while and wait on God and see what he has in store for us. Amen? And if we're not careful, we try to say, hey, God, I got this great idea. Come on. Come on. Come on over here. Whenever we should say, God, what do you want me to do? And wait. Patiently wait on God to move. Now, you say, well, preacher, we're not going to get anything done if we wait. (laughs) God will answer in the right time. Amen. He will. He will. And I love that verse that... We shall mount up with wings of eagles. Have you ever watched the eagles soar? They do it so gently, so high, just kind of soar. They don't fight like a sparrow or or a dove or something like that. They just get up there and they just soar around in the comforts of the sky. Now, in Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to close. I'm not going to preach very long because I know you all can't stay awake. (laughs) Brother Lee's already yawning. No, he's not. (laughs) Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We sowed a lot of seeds last week. A lot of seeds to kids who... probably are unloved at home even. To kids who probably don't come to church except for VBS when mom and dad want to get rid of them once in a while and there's a three-hour break in there and the bus is going to come and get them and bring them home, so we're good. But it give us an opportunity to sow a seed. Verse 8 says, For he who sows... To his flesh will, the fle- will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows the seed will read, will, let me back up, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. 
You see, when someone accepts Jesus as the Savior, it's not some momentary moment of happiness and joy. Yes, it brings happiness. Yes, it brings joy. But it's everlasting. We don't understand eternity, the word eternity or everlasting, because everything that we know has a beginning and an end. Everything. Everything. Even we look at the earth, and we look back at Genesis chapter 1, it had a beginning. We look in Revelations, it's going to have an end. We don't understand what it is to never grow old. Because we all do. We don't understand uh, just how important the spiritual seeds that we sow, how they will impact lives whenever people begin to uh, 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 give their lives to Jesus and begin to follow Christ, begin to look into the Bible, and begin to live the way that Christ wants them to. It changes the world. Not just the church, but it can change the world. Now, verse 9 says, and it's going to kind of get after us a little bit here. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. There's still people out there that need to hear about Jesus. There are still kids out there that need to hear about Jesus. There are still uh, uh, people walking around out there that need to know that Jesus loves them. And the only way that we can tell them that Jesus loves them is to open our mouth and open our... This is not very popular. Once in a while, our wallets. And give to God for other people. And show God's love. And in in Galatians it says, let us not grow weary. Let's not get tired of that. Let's stay uh, focused on doing what God really wants us to do. Let's do good. For in due season, if uh, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially those who are of the household of faith. Now, that throws a little bit of different light on something. We need to be good to one another. <laughs> As I watched some of the kids in, in uh, Bible school uh, this week, and uh, some of them weren't good to one another. There was one class that just, it, <laughs> they weren't good to one another. They were calling one another names and, And I actually heard one of them little boys say, I'm going to kill you. And I thought, you know, that sounds like a bunch of church people once in a while. (laughs) We need to be good to one another. We don't always have to agree. I don't expect you to agree with me 100%. I don't agree with me 100%. But you know what? We need to treat each other with love. Now, one more verse, and I'm going to close. Did I say that once already? Mm -hmm. Okay. I got two more times in. You didn't believe us? <laughs> in Galatians chapter, chapter 6 on down, I just read you 10, 11. There was a, a division in my Bible where 11 started a new, a new thought process, but I thought this was really good. Verse 11 says, See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. You think, well, that's so? 
You see, it was important. We're all on Facebook, and, and we all text one another. And when you want to make a statement, what do you do? You capitalize the whole sentence. So that gets important. It, it, gets, it gets noticed. If it's, you're sending a happy birthday to somebody, you capitalize, happy birthday. And this verse says, see with what big letters I have written to you. It's important. It's important. We need to pay attention. And we need to look at that. And we need to realize that what was said here in Galatians is so important. And it says, therefore, as we have opportunity. In other words, any time that we have a chance. Any time that we are walking, uh, uh, whether, we're, whether it's on Sunday, Monday, whether you're at the golf course or whether you're at the grocery store or whether, uh, whether you're at a basketball game, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you have the opportunity, take a hold of it. Spread the gospel. Every chance you get. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hands. Pay attention. Look at it. Read it. Do good every chance you can. And God will reward you. God will bless you. Now, am I doing it for God's blessings? No, I'm doing it because God wants me to. But he always pays us back with blessings. And I love that about him. How many of you, though you're wore out, that helped in Bible school, felt blessed because you got to be here? Amen. You see, that's how God works. Even when, when we are tired and we're weary, God still blesses us. Now, I don't know if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior. But if you don't, you need to come and let me introduce you to him. It's not a momentary thing, like I said a while ago. It starts you on eternal life. And as... I like to tell people, you're living in eternity right now. Whether it's eternal life or eternal death, you're living in eternity. And if you ask Jesus into your heart, if you ask him to come into your heart and say, I'm going to serve you the very best that I can, he's going to say, welcome home, and you're going to be living in spiritual life. If you reject it, and say, that Christianity stuff's a bunch of hogwash. I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with it. I've seen how those Christians live. I know that they're just as ornery and, and bad as I am. And believe it or not, we are once in a while. But I don't want anything to do with that. God has no other alternative than to send you to a devil's hell. And you, my friend, are living in eternal death. I always say that being dead doesn't scare me. But dying does. That moment when I leave this world, I've watched my dad die and my mother die and, and my in-laws die and several other people. Some go very peacefully. Some struggle. But I know once I'm dead, once I pass, that my soul and my spirit's in God's hand and I will be living in eternal life. Do you know that? Do you really understand that there's life after this life? And God wants you to join him in the glories of heaven. 
Something that we can't explain. Something that we can't explain the beauty of. But he wants you to join him. And we can, you can do that by asking him into your heart. And every opportunity that you have to do good. Stand with me, please. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.